I was actually hoping to read to you from the book I've got in front of me, uh, which are the diaries of Captain William Bly. Have you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I now served a teaspoonful of rum to each person. Peru <laughs> wet and cold. <laughs> a quarter of breadfruit, which are scarce eatable. <laughs> what is that? I, I see you've, my, gone the, <laughs> you've gone for the... You've gone for the... The bounty approach <laughs> to the character. It's the most def- definable accent I could remember. Terrible. So I'm ready for a meeting if you guys are. I'm ready. Could be interrupted by a, a baby at any second. I've got a Got one eye on her on the monitor. Or a cat. I'll at some point have to get up and let my cat back in. Okay, oh, we can have a little soothing babies and cats break. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Ready? Ready. Yeah. I'm ready. Well. So we've so? got uh, another bounty film. In the wake of the bounty. And so the, the prophecy the was bounty. fulfilled. <laughs> yes, we had to go four for four, didn't we? Yeah. Before we get to the 100th episode. And if they ever unearth the 1917 lost Beauty on the Bounty oh. film, I'm sure we will watch that as well. That will be like emergency bat phone <laughs> yeah. film club assemble. <laughs> There's a bounty film that's been rediscovered. And it could happen, right? It could they happen. do lose films that do turn up sometimes. Yeah. Um, so who knows? <laughs> anyway, on the strength of this one, I kind of hope they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this was this was the 1933 mm. film um in the wake of the bounty. Not a drama. But no, a, a based of, on a drama. Based on a drama <laughs> with, a, like, it's kind of half a travel documentary yep. and half a drama. Just not a, <laughs> <laughs> um, how do we experience this? Like, Fernando, what, what did you think of, uh, of In the Wake of the Bounty? Well, I think that you can tell that people were busy fighting a war in Europe. Um, because... <laughs> um, I don't know. This was this is my least favorite of all the bounty films that we've watched. Yeah. Even though um, I did appreciate the second half, where we learn more things about the people, about the descendants of um, Christian mm. Fletcher, um, yeah, and the people that decided to live in in what is now the French Polynesia. Yeah, Pitcairn Island. Mm-hmm. Pitcairn Island, yes. Which I think still is still a, I, I think it's still a British um British overseas territory. And yes, it's still oh. called Pitcairn Island. Well, I guess I did not Google Pitcairn Island, I only Googled Tahiti because this time I wanted to know where Tahiti was. And Excellent. after so after so many films I finally know where Tahiti is. Wonderful. And it kept redirecting me to French Polynesia and I was no, not French <laughs> Polynesia. I want to know where Tahiti is. <laughs> Uh, 
and I've now learned that Tahiti is an island in the French Polynesia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's not just Britain that likes having countries in its country. Mm. Excellent. Um, yeah, so you learned something, but it wasn't a good film. No, not only that. It was a strange film. Hmm. Was it even filmed in a boat? I wondered whether parts of it were filmed in a boat. Mm. Because if they weren't, then they did at least rock the camera from side to side, which is worth <laughs> something. Um, Do you think there was those days some big CGI things. over there? Yeah. <laughs> was there a lot of CGI, do you think? <laughs> Certainly a lot of taping bits of film together, I think. Yes. If that yeah. counts as early CGI. Yeah, there were there were special effects, weren't there? Yeah. There was something. <laughs> Laura, what did you think of the film? I mean, um, they certainly came a long way in the 1960s, didn't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, hard to call it anything but, but total crap. But <laughs> Yes, <laughs> some, sadly. Some merit. And we got to see the film debut of Errol Flynn. That was exciting. Um, I can't believe he went on to be a star. Yeah, um, yeah. It wasn't a, I would say a that man's audition, not was a it? natural actor. Um, in fact, looks very uncomfortable <laughs> in front of a camera. Just terrible, right? <laughs> oh God, it was awful. But I enjoyed myself. I had a good time. Um, <laughs> Great, <laughs> Claire. <laughs> I'm bracing myself. Yeah, I mean, your laugh says it all, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> this is one time where I think you, you might be actually quite justified in whatever opinion you're about to release. Well. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> well. <laughs> so, the documentary parts, I found quite interesting. Yeah. Quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, I found the documentary parts the rest quite, quite, of quite it. interesting for, for a for about ten minutes, that was good. yeah, yeah. The, no, the, it wasn't particularly well narrated, and the the choice of what they showed was poor. Um, but you know, it was at least better than the rest of the film. <laughs> so there is that. Yeah, it was just terrible, wasn't it? Mm. The acting, the dialogue, shoddy, shoddy editing. The uh, yeah, the editing, the stage. It was short. That's a redeeming feature. <laughs> yeah. Short enough. <laughs> it did not feel short though. Do you, do you remember the bit in? Um, <laughs> uh, is it a Midsummer Night's Dream where they're putting on the play, and the the advisor says to the king, "It is a a play some seventeen words long, my lord, but." By 17 words, too long. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think, Michael? Um, this was bad. Uh, it was it was kind of interesting in a few ways. Mm. Firstly, the, I, as, yeah, like, I think I agree with you, Claire. The documentary bit was interesting. I got quite a lot out of it um, because it was... It was an interesting documentary, even for the time, telling about like a really interesting group of people. But it's also sort of become accidentally interesting as a historical artifact in its own right. Um, that that way of life on Pitcairn Island no longer exists. They actually captured something that has now disappeared. Like 
uh, and something quite valuable and quite tangible and quite real and i i found that really quite um quite emotive somehow just that they didn't quite know what they were doing when they were making that film which i i think they were thinking about oh yeah this year this is going to be in cinemas um and people will love it and they'll learn about pitcairn island and what they didn't think was people in a hundred years will be able to watch this and be like wow this is something that's almost giving us a link back to fletcher christian's time just that little bit closer to to those those days that seem so lost um and that 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 was kind of brilliant uh, the the drama part was appalling um and i so i i've heard people make fun of this thing they said like when when talkies first came out which i think was 1927 was the jazz singer right could be don't know i don't know that they say that Pete there were plenty of people who'd been in in motion pictures in films for years but they were used to silent films and that when when they tried to adapt to speaking roles they were just terrible michael tell us the story of the bounty i've never heard the truth of it yes michael you old son of a gun. I'd sell me breeches to hear the truth of that mutiny. You remember? You said the tune you played just now brought back memories. They just had no idea what they were doing and that like <laughs> loads of studios and actors just floundered, just did awfully for years. And this is a real example of that. I think some of the the bits where they just deliver this line with such <laughs> enormous emphasis on every syllable in such an unnatural way and it like not even particularly important lines i think just so that because they were used to like delivering the lines so that you could see their lips moving and then the title <laughs> card would come up um and yeah just just shocking um like it, you'd expect better from like amateur high school students nowadays uh <laughs> the only actor that was kind of okay was was Bly, right? Who who actually put a bit of a bit of like character into it. Your choice of seamen surprises me, Mister Christian. You've picked a bunch of thieving jellyfish, and all the others were like just shouting or just reading the lines. And I can't believe how bad Errol Flynn was for <laughs> so such a. Bad. A sort of iconic, I'm going to say quite good actor, even in things that came out only a few years later. Um, but something something just went terribly wrong. Um, yeah, appalling. Yeah, I was glad it wasn't just that all the way through. Yeah, they were um, all acting like the, you know, the what's that quiz of the year thing? You know, where they get the primary school kids to read a play. <laughs> the nativity and the yeah. big fat quiz of the year. That's the one, big fat quiz of the year. <laughs> Oh, no, it's not an activity. Yeah, no, they have to guess what soap it is or whatever, don't they? <laughs> I haven't seen that. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, they're like really young children of like six or seven or something. They get to, um, And they're, in fact, better than some of the actors that we saw in this yeah, film. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of it's got to be something to do with directing. Just, yeah. just the director not quite knowing how to use this technology. It, which is, this came out. So this was in 1933. This film came out, mm. and the f- 
the film we watched with Clark Gable, Mutiny on the Bounty, came out two years later. Incredible. You'd think it was 20 years later. Yeah. I I can't... In that way, I kind of can't excuse it. They, they, it can't be that it came on that much in two years. It's got to be that these guys were just amateurs, like yeah, making a travel documentary rather than actual people in the heart of Hollywood that were up to date with the state of the art. No, they knew how to make films at this point. These people yeah. didn't know how to make films. These at this people point. clearly <laughs> didn't know. I mean, even something like. We've seen a couple of silent films from this, like Nosferatu, had yeah. some had some art to it and had some, again, so the acting in that was very over the top and I just wonder if that would have stood out like a store thumb if they'd had sound. But still, surely they'd have done better than this. <laughs> yeah. um, I found it, is this weird? It put me off my food. Was anyone else eating? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't no. try and eat. No, Claire, you were eating, weren't you? Uh, I don't remember. It yeah, didn't didn't affect me as much as. I'm not sure what it was. I think it's yeah. something to do with it being so old, or something to do with their weird makeup, or something. Just just put me a bit on edge and made me kind of disgusted. Mm. I had the same feeling watching a trip to the moon. That there was a silent film from 1905, I think, like way back. Um, that's kind of interesting historically, but something about it's just just. It's like watching clowns or something, just this weird <laughs> sort of out of place, out of time feeling. I couldn't put my finger on it. There's it's also like, jittery, isn't it? Everything's just jittering. Like the camera's yeah. all jittery and the people are just so awkward. Yeah, and the picture awkward. has so much noise, but mm. like not in a way that I'm used to. And Some really unnatural makeup and stuff as well. Yeah, nothing which... looks quite real or yeah. properly human. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, bloody uh, Fletcher Christian with his um, with his like Egyptian pharaoh makeup, <laughs> just terrible. And yeah, so, something about it bothers me in kind of a primeval way, <laughs> which is not not something I've said about any of the films we've watched so far. <laughs> this was viscerally upsetting to you. Yeah, it, it, it bothered me deeply. Wow. As I say, the that was the acting bit, and the documentary was not so bad. Mm. How should we get into this? Should we do the act, the acting bit first? Yeah, well, so I've told you what I think of the acting. Well, like the the fictionalized bit, I mean, and then deal yeah. with the documentary. Yeah, so okay. I, I have an issue with films of this structure anyway, or like documentaries of this structure where they dramatize certain scenes, um, in case you just like. Because you couldn't possibly imagine what it would be like for two people to have a conversation, um, and so that bothers me. I always find that ruins the documentary and doesn't make mm. for a good story, like a film story sort of thing. Um, but then they just—they were just terrible. The cutscenes. <laughs> um, so not only did it take me out of the narrative, it doesn't didn't like hold my hand in any in any sort of useful way. It wasn't like an unnecessary crutch for me. It was like a someone tripping me up halfway through. Um so many Someone's mixed telling metaphors you an interesting are, story and then poking you in the eyes. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Really bad. Mm. Um, I enjoyed some of the line deliveries. Enjoyed? You know how I enjoy. Well, we differ. Sometimes I enjoy a film of this kind of nature. That's true. Yeah. This was similar. It wasn't one of the ones that I don't like. Like, there's some that are just too crap, even for me. Um, this one was not too crap. I mean, it was crap, but I got. I think it doesn't ruin it for me if I don't think that they think it's crap. I think they thought they were doing something good. Yes, okay. So that's that's fine for me, and now I can laugh at them um, <laughs> for being such idiots. <laughs> it felt so worthy, though, didn't it? It felt like they were... They thought they were doing this amazing piece of... They were giving us hours of pleasure. They said that mm-hmm. in the beginning. Did they? This is the first of your many hours of pleasure. I'm glad I missed that. I've thrown <laughs> up. Um, yeah, it didn't make sense to me that they had someone in a tavern telling the story who was supposed to be one of the mutineers. No, so... That's just an illogical... How did he get back? They didn't, they didn't, they didn't feel the need to justify that. Right, yeah. Maybe they were in Tahiti. Maybe they were in a pub, in one of those Tahitian pubs uh, full of English people. (laughs) 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 Who've never heard the story of the bounty. Was there a blind fiddler on the bounty? You'll know this. Sorry? Was the fiddler on the bounty blind? This is the sort of thing you might know. Was Um, there a reason he was a blind fiddler? I've never heard of a blind, the fiddler being blind on the bounty. Um, What an odd... Fiction. Just adding another. They're adding layers. It's a layered film. Mm. You know, it's got depth. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, what right. what have we got to? What were we yes. talking about? We were about to dissect the fictionalized parts of the film. Yeah. Yeah. I just what, had what a rant about the... that format. Yes, the the docudrama. Bit of mm. documentary, bit of drama format. It, I've never seen it done particularly well. No, and I've definitely seen it done badly. It seems like not the, a good advertisement for it either. No, <laughs> the the most I've enjoyed is like documentaries with like a few things on screen. They'll have like an actor standing in a room, and it looks like like just for something visual to go along with what the person's saying. Um, like David Starkey documentaries. Yeah, exactly. Like David Starkey documentaries. Um, like the Speed Cubers. Like the Speed Cubers. <laughs> oh, I didn't have acted scenes, though, did I? I don't remember acted scenes. Are we maybe, all, aren't we all acting? Maybe Felix was a big liar. <laughs> oh, what's his name was in the news the other week, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, what had he done? He'd broken his own record. Mm. Uh, what was the other? What was the kid called? Not Felix, the other one. Max. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I think Max has broken his speed cube record. <laughs> nice. Well done, Max. Yeah. Wait, I you great. remember the Proper name of the people? Now. Sorry. Could you actually remember the name of the two people in the speed cubers? I follow Felix on Instagram, and he posts about Max sometimes. What? Excellent. <laughs> Is this because you're a little bit in love with Felix? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Still, yeah. yeah. If I ever move to Australia, <laughs> I'll uh, probably not probably not meet up with him. To be honest, <laughs> no, he's probably beating them off with a stick. Right? <laughs> I imagine so. <laughs> All the honeys watching the speed cubing documentary. 
it's basically like the Fast and the Furious sort of uh, <laughs> <hot> babes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speed Cuba's wives. <laughs> Spags. Um, sorry, so po- <laughs> possibly bad, uh, bad format for the thing then. Um, could, could have been all right if either of the parts were done well. Um, <laughs> so what, what do we think of the, the whole frame narrative, the whole, oh, he's in the pub in merry old England and he says, I recall the bounty. <laughs> is, is that lame? Do, do we like a, a frame story? I normally hate a frame story, but it actually kind of worked for me. I liked it when we went okay. back to the pub. I couldn't quite figure it out because he, he was saying that he like went to pit cairn and stuff, right? Hmm. I don't uh, what think was he said, doing no, in a pub he didn't, in England? He didn't say he went to Pitcairn because he said we have no idea what happened to him. But okay. he said that he was part of it all, which doesn't make any sense. This is one of the things we pointed out when you were away, actually, um, right. was that it doesn't make any sense that he's in a pub in England. Um, yeah. Unless he's actually in a pub in Tahiti. <laughs> it didn't look like a Tahitian <laughs> st- type of pub, did it? Um, no, okay, right. I'm glad we got that. Yeah. Yeah, why isn't he dead? Unless he is dead. This is a ghost story. Oh, man. Yeah, this is the, the, the great pub in the sky. <laughs> yes. It's layers, oh, layers upon layers in this film. Is this actually the Aubrey Dinn? Oh, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, the there's Aubrey a proper Din. story. Oh, if you, want a, if you want a video game recommendation, get Return of the Aubrey Dinn. Mm. So, uh, and Andrew mentioned it to me. It's uh, the a, a ship sails into port and there's nobody on it, even though it left harbour with a crew of 70 or something. And you are charged with uh, going on figuring out what happened and who died and how. Mm. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's a w- wonderful game. Very clever. If you want another video game recommendation, I would say Mario Tennis on Switch is really good. <laughs> well, Excellent. <laughs> Cool. Well, I liked the 1980s Game Boy Tennis, which had Mario's The Umpire. So, yeah. Any game recommendations, Laura? Um, I liked Air. I think I've mentioned that before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's- I tried that. I didn't like it. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Sorry. I just like flying around as a bird. Yeah, that bit was kind of cool. Oh, now, if you want flying around as a bird games, let me... <laughs> Claire, any game recommendations? Um, Only ever Stardew Valley. Yeah, okay. Well, fair enough. A Pokemon Snap was fun. For us. Yeah, I don't know. The new one, I didn't quite click with it. No, I never tried <laughs> the old one. So. Okay. Well, very good. Yeah. So the film, eh? <laughs> so that Wait, film. Before we move on to the film, are there any uh, croquet video games? Because I haven't played croquet in such a long while. Yeah, there's a. I've got a game on, on my phone, but it's like just a sort of trashy iOS game without really anything much going for it. It's pretty basic, but you, you get to play croquet. Ah, oh, I love a bit of croquet. Sport of sports. Yeah, yeah. Proper game. Is there also a Wii croquet? No, I think I looked once. Not, not even on Wii Sports <laughs> Resort is there croquet. I can't believe the masses aren't calling out for a Wii croquet. Yeah, it's, we need to democratise <laughs> croquet. And Nintendo. Oh, no, no, Far no. too it's good to be. truly appropriate the Greeks. <laughs> Let's do something else. Yeah. <laughs> this is the weirdest take on democracy I've 
whatever I heard, but <laughs> what a well, valid one. It's they didn't invent it for us, Laura. It's uh, it's for them. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so the film, oh. we're doing a lot of dancing around this film. Yeah, oh, bit of a bad really sign. Good, yeah. Um, so there, yeah, we had the we had the frame story. It was at least kind of cool having the the motif of the uh, blow the men down song. <laughs> Coming back again and again. shows some thought went into it yeah someone edited it and thought let's have a motif yeah <laughs> yeah we had so we had the the guys in the pub singing it and then we had the guys on the bounty singing it and then we had the guys with their tahitian wives mm. singing it uh and also while pushing around this um well i think that was for bringing the anchor in right but you'd think it was all they ever did on the ship um they built the hell out of that set <laughs> Uh, so I had one question, oh, yeah. which was the, at the edge of what parts of the film were documentary and what parts were not. <laughs> this is the, the bit of the bit of uh, acting at the end, which that we're, we're on Pitcairn. We've learned all about it, and we mm. we see there is this this wedding happening, and they they post they show us the notice that's been posted of a wedding between these two people who are both called Christian. Um, <laughs> And that was kind of interesting. We saw their wedding, but then we saw, and the, the guy says, but not all of these notices are so happy. Here's one notice about a dying child. And we read the notice. We, we're given to believe that this is really what's happening on the island. And then the rest of the film is just this appalling drama, which ends with the child dying. So mm. did the child really die? <laughs> were they there and they... They were there when when this kid died on the island, and I, they no, I reckon I they made that so. up. Yeah, because because they definitely presented that thing as if it was fact. Yes, that's right. Yes, no, I don't yeah. think so. In which I, case, I there's such feeling. bullshit. Then being like, oh, here's a real wedding, and then oh, here's a note we've put on that looks just like the real one. Because <laughs> um, the only alternative, so either they made it up mm, and just faked this note. Real. The wedding wasn't real. Hmm. It definitely it was in with all the real stuff, wasn't it? I thought it looked real. I thought they were just like staging things so that you would see what they looked like. Oh, I thought it looked oh, real God. as well. Yeah. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. they happened to be there. With, yeah, doesn't the narrator even say like, "Oh well, I mean, what the narrator says in a drama <laughs> could be anything." It's oh, not so a we drama. Don't even know if it was real. Yeah. Okay. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, yeah, I, I reckon they put in the baby to be like, because they'd gone quite, gone how and being like, this is a utopia. It's beautiful. Hmm. We don't need the empire. But then they had to be like, but look, it's not all great on Utopia Island, in case you were thinking yeah. you want to leave Britain. I see. That we don't have a good in Britain. See, you don't have your kids <laughs> dying in Britain. No. Well said. Hmm. Who knows, though? <laughs> I think it was what quite you- a colonial film. So this is something we can get into. Mm. Um, very inconsistent um, <laughs> moralizing, right? Yes. 
<laughs> one minute Bly was like the evil well certainly in the drama he's portrayed as as like a comically disastrously evil man but then at the same time they're like and then the gang of evil mutineers <laughs> rose yeah. up <laughs> there's no heroes in this telling with the their barbaric <laughs> just stupidity overthrew a decent captain of the royal navy <laughs> i couldn't couldn't quite see what they were getting at. the same thing with the um with the tahitians yeah i made it's a like, note of every way that they refer to them yeah uh, right. Can, can you take us through them? Because they, they, it, this is conflicting, right? There's a lot of different descriptions. There's a lot of different descriptions. Um, let's see. A pagan race. Heathens. Primitives. Strange peoples. Dark pagans. Half-castes. Dusky maids. Mischievous brown girls. <laughs> dusky maids and <laughs> mischievous brown girls. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, it, it was very much the... troubling somehow. <laughs> it was uh yeah very clear they he really did want to mention their race a lot didn't they <laughs> yeah. but i i just i found it interesting that half the time they were portrayed as like this is a beautiful island paradise and they're you know simple people living a happy life before they were you know taken away and everything screwed up uh, and that seemed very a bit patronizing but very very positive for them. And then, yeah, the rest of the time, yeah, calling them heathens. And... Yeah, it couldn't decide whether it wanted to go noble savage or evil savage. Yeah, as if, as if that like there were two writers that had different opinions <laughs> um, or more likely they were just copying out of two different books or something. I like the two writers theory, that the fact that they would just go in and edit the script while the other one wasn't looking. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, one of the writers was an admiral in the Royal Navy, and one of them was a communist or something. <laughs> oh dear, dear. Yeah, I couldn't quite make my mind up because yeah. again, they were talking about this that yeah, the mutineers settled on the new island and built a new place for themselves. This is the field where Fletcher Christian was murdered <laughs> by the, <laughs> what remained of the mutineers. Yeah. That said, I mean, it addressed it better than the other films we've had, right? It, it was it did say some stuff that was really true. Yeah, but we've been saying the whole ones we wish we'd seen what happened in the aftermath. Yeah. And this kind of did that. Yeah, well, I mean, parts of it were... Well, literally genuine footage of yeah. the literal aftermath yeah. yeah um i loved the stuff like this is the mill that was actually on the bounty Me and they're too. still using it wow brilliant just brilliant um and I, like i saw a youtube clip of someone from 10 years ago on Pitcairn, and she had like she had the lord of the rings box set <laughs> on dvd and like a flat screen TV and stuff, and I just thought this is this isn't what I wanted to see about Pitcairn. I wanted, I wanted, like, oh, is it just like anywhere else now? And you want the beautiful dream of the past, you colonialist. Yeah, I want all the people. Well, no, what I liked was the the communal living, right? Yeah. They, I mean, they they'd, I guess it was a colony, but they'd turned up and were hiding from the empire and weren't discovered for quite a few decades and weren't interacted with for. You know, a century after that, um, so it, it didn't feel like this. Yeah, this cynical outpost of a, a grasping imperialist nation. It felt like just some people who, you know, <laughs> had fucked up 
and just <laughs> needed to needed to build a new civilization and couldn't go anywhere else and did it and and I just love this they go out fishing and like basically all the men on the island are on this boat and then they do the fishing and then they bring it in and then they distribute the fish like according to need mm. and but there was sort of this island that this idea that the different families owned their own goats and but so it was, it was really interesting this kind of yeah communal living in a small community i it just really really captured me and there's something kind of beautiful about it thank goodness for the bible <laughs> it made it quite clear it was all built on the bible mm yeah Mm. Well, John by, by all accounts, that was what stopped the killing. So I don't know. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, on this account, on this occasion, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll go for the the old mm. Bible. <laughs> oh dear! What else? I liked it when he said, "What girls? What gays? What knights?" <laughs> I don't remember now. Come, let us drink to those Tahiti days, to those girls. <laughs> oh, me lads, what girls, what days, what nights. <laughs> and there was a bit where they were turning the wheel and this is just an example of some really bad acting and I remember it, although now I can't really remember how he said it, but he was like, he's not the only one mad about a girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> like that. Um, oh, yeah, very much there. Their priority was making sure they could be heard clearly on the recording, <laughs> right? They really weren't thinking we need to make this nice and natural. Yeah. I think a, a common priority, I think, to all the bounty films has been showing women's breasts. Good point. I forgot to write this down to oh, bring it up. Oh, yeah. Um, d- let's talk about the Hayes Code, which didn't come in until the 40s. It, it's got to be pre-Hayes Code. Yeah, and they call these out. these sorts of films pre-code films, don't they? Because they've got boobs. <laughs> we we got some boobs, all right. <laughs> uh, they were very much shying away from the boobs in the in the yeah, oh, right. Ni- yeah, in the nineteen thirty-five version, no boobs, no boobs, um, and no boobs in the sixties, even, even. Even in the sixties version, they were they were hinting at the boobs, but it yeah, they didn't it took show until... any. And then the bloody the bounty was really going hog oh, wild on the boobs, make, making up for lost time <laughs> in the bounty, weren't they? Um, but this, they were just like, yeah, they, they, yeah. I read they had very big trouble getting this through the censorship board in Australia. Right, I can um, imagine. I was surprised. He successfully argued that there had been a minister present while they were filming. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all legit then. What was it? Was it like the minister on Pitcairn Island? Because it's <laughs> <laughs> a bit different. Uh, no i think genuinely they got away with this by national geographic level racism of being like they're not real women oh right (laughs) it's not like they're christian women exactly yeah okay oh dear um (laughs) does national geographic do a lot of that yeah there's a there's um quite a big discourse about how the how racist the national geographic was until mm. recently, and even maybe some of the recent episodes, but just exoticizing women and the fact that young... Uh, the, I read an article about this in Anthropology. Young boys would buy the National Geographic because they would always show like copious amount of breasts from yeah, okay. the indigenous populations they were looking at. Yeah, like looking up dirty words in the dictionary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Um, so this was definitely the worst bounty film we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. How would you yes. rank the other ones? Well, I'm going to say clear winner. <laughs> clear winner. But maybe not um, for the maybe not for everyone here. Yeah. Well, we are soon going to. <gasps> oh, have, you're right. Um, we should postpone. We are soon going to have an awards ceremony, <laughs> and I I don't mind giving away that I'm I'm going to push for a best <laughs> best bounty film category. Uh, so we'll have time to to argue it out in full. I think we should um, have a separate Oscar ceremony for the best bounty, so that we can get into real <laughs> grit and detail. Of best fly, best Christian. Ten hour deep dive. The best bounty film. Imagine I'd be fu- you. Oh, you're totally going to do that, aren't you? <laughs> if Just you guys a think that that's going to be funny, <laughs> then you, you've got another thing coming. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a mutiny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yo, bloody bastard! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now we have to make sure that a non-bounty film wants that category. Oh, <laughs> oh hopes and dreams shattered upon the rocks of Pitcairn Island. Let it be Encanto. <laughs> a film we've not even seen. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we've watched one, like, <laughs> shit early talky that didn't know what it was doing, because that, that is a that is a genre of film. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, this was a, felt, felt like an important part of the history of film. It did. And so I'm glad we've done that. I, I'm glad we have... Uh, well, <laughs> I'm glad it's only been one so far, and I'm certainly not planning to pick any more. <laughs> yes, I think that's enough for me. I mean, I did. I was thinking of picking the jazz singer as the first the first famous, like, the first proper talkie. But I watched a clip from it on YouTube and it was really fucking weird and I didn't like it. <laughs> In the sort of the same way, just sort of off-putting and alien and I don't want to watch it. You didn't think to watch a YouTube clip of this film? <laughs> well, I, I was all signed up to this film. <laughs> we, we had to watch all the bounty films. I think I was thinking of writing a letterbox that uh, I'm glad that Fast and Furious did not invent making a franchise out of things. And then clearly the bounty is also, they made bounty one, bounty two, bounty three, bounty seven. Now we're in bounty 14. So it's a practice that has been in the industry for long and was not invented by Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Thank you. For any listeners, Fernando on Letterboxd. If you can find his Letterboxd, it's a treat. I'll say it. F. Flores, Rito. Wonderful. On Letterboxd. Great. Yeah, I, I very much enjoy what, reading your reviews. Me too. Oh, I also very much enjoy reading your reviews. Thank you for inviting me to Letterboxd. I'm not sure why it took oh. me so long to join. <laughs> yeah, I should yeah. when I was born. Final thoughts? Um... I like that they were just trying to get a job done with the narrative. It didn't feel like they put any thought into it at all. They were like, we need to take this off, this <laughs> yeah. off. Mutiny yeah. done. Show them harassing him in his bed. Uh, yep. They didn't even take, go into the voyage, which is one of the most interesting parts of the story. Yeah. We have no idea. I guess they're telling it from the point of view of someone who wouldn't know. But then he was in England anyway. Just, you know. Yeah. I like a shoddy, shoddy job. <laughs> it was weak, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. But they did it. They and certainly did. Yeah. Um, so, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Fernando, <laughs> final thoughts? 
if we were to cast um, all men as women and women as men, would this be a gay porn film? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Mm. There's been mm. a lot of lot of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent yeah. stuff. That was my last thought. Yeah, nice. This would have been the best gay porn film that we've watched <laughs> in this film club. Do you reckon it would have yeah. been? Out- it would have wow. beaten Pink Narcissus for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think my closing thought was I'm glad this film was made, um, if only for the documentary bit that just captured a little slice of what the world was like at one time. Mm. Um, I, I think that's good. And I think you could cut it down to a half-hour documentary and get rid of all of the crap, <laughs> and it would have been a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone who made this film and spent hours on it, but also you're all dead now, so I don't care. Nice parting words for the dead. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) Oh, dear. Do you know any good poems, Fernando? Poems? Yeah. Michael and Claire seem to be gone. I do. Um, So I'm going to tell you one of my favorite poems. Here it is. Oh, sweet spontaneous earth, how often have the doting fingers of prurient philosophers pinched and poked thee? Has the naughty thumb of science prodded thy beauty? How often have religions taken thee upon their scroggy knees, squeezing and buffeting thee, that thou mightest conceive gods? But true to the incomparable couch of death, Thy rhythmic lover, thou answerest them only with spring. Wow. Cool. That was beautiful. Thank you. What's the name of the poem? Oh, sweet spontaneous. Mm. Do you have any favourite poems, Laura? Yeah. Um, I really like The Listeners by Walter de la Mare. The Listeners? The... Hmm... Oh, I've never hear heard of Walter the Mayor. I don't know any of his other poems. I should have looked them up because I really like this poem. But Laura, how can you ever read something this long? <laughs> I find it quite short. What? There are more than two lines. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you look at other poems, other poems are longer. And how long did it take you to read this whole poem? This whole poem? I reckon I could knock that out in about five minutes. You sure fact, you did that in five days? Read, I think we could read the whole thing before Michael and Claire get back. Okay, please read it. I'd love to hear you read your poem. Okay. <clears throat> Is there anybody there? said the traveller, knocking on the moonlit door, and his horse in the silence champed the grasses of the forest's ferny floor, and a bird flew up out of the turret above the traveller's head. And he smote upon the door again a second time. Is there anybody there? he said. But no one descended to the traveller, no head from the leaf-fringed sill, leaned over and looked into his grey eyes, where he stood perplexed and still. But only a host of phantom listeners that dwelt in the lone house then stood listening in the quiet of the moonlight to that voice from the world of men, stood thronging the faint moonbeam on the dark stair that goes down to the empty hall, hearkening in an air stirred and shaken by the lonely traveller's call. And he felt in his heart their strangeness, 
their stillness answering his cry, while his horse moved, cropping the dark turf, neath the starred and leafy sky. For he suddenly smote on the door, even louder, and lifted his head. Tell them I came, and no one answered, that I kept my word, he said. Never the least stir made the listeners, though every word he spake fell echoing through the shadowiness of the still house, from the one man left awake. Aye, they heard his foot upon the stirrup, and the sound of iron on stone, and how the silence surged softly backward when the plunging hoofs were gone. I guess you win the bet. You well, there we go. Yeah, it takes longer to soothe a crying baby than to read the listeners by Walter Delamere. One I'm more back. reason why. Oh, oh, oh maybe Whoa. I didn't win. That was a cool, uh, cool poem. It's a great poem. It's called "The Listeners" by Walter Delamere. Okay. Yeah. It rhymes. Oh, I didn't notice. Mm. <laughs> I only really like poems that rhyme. <laughs> Normally, I prefer ones that don't rhyme. All right. Mm. <laughs> Have you read any of Tim Key's books? You mean prose. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I do mean prose. Yeah, have you read any of Tim Key's poetry? No, I don't think so. Oh, I'll have to find one. They're they're not really... I mean, they don't rhyme. Yeah. Let me see if I can find one. They're very good. (laughs) Uh, Okay, you ready for one? Yeah, why not? Okay, it's titled Poem. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Quote marks. Bung me down as queen. Huh? Charles peered over his half-mooners. Really? Well, I'm the Queen, so yeah. I mean, Charles was pinching his scrotum awkwardly through his kilt. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as in, yeah, in a way, I guess. As in, I'm certainly the King, obviously, hence the, uh, he pointed to his crown with his thumb. Camilla stamped on a croquet ball, and her tanzanite heel crumpled. You know what? Don't bother. Put me down as a basic fucking woman. Who cares? I'm putting Queen! I'm putting Queen! Charles boshed Queen into his MacBook Pro and sipped his breakfast cocktail. His ears swung against the sides of his jet gear. Royal bees collected pollen in velvet sacks. William played in a treehouse, marginally out of shot. <laughs> was that the whole thing? <laughs> yes. That was appalling. I hate it. <laughs> was that? Was that like? No, he's a comedian. Satire. Yeah. yeah okay. He's, he's a comedian. I didn't really do get another it. one. <laughs> I'm why do not? one more. It's a short one. My monkey escaped. This was all I needed. I grabbed my net and ran onto the street. Cyril. I charged around his favourite haunts and eventually cornered him in fat face. Myself and the frankly fantastic assistant manager linked hands. She was done up in various reassuring garments from her own shop floor and smelt strongly of tangerines. <laughs> <laughs> There's something sort of pleasing about them, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. uh, it does occur to me that they're not poems, right? Um, I mean, they're, all, a t- short st- they're all titled uh, poem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's to to hear it. It does just sound like sort of like a short story, right? But I bet there's lots of line breaks. Are there more line breaks? Yeah, yeah. There's loads of line breaks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, then it's a poem. Yep. <laughs> Can I share one of my favourite poems with you? Yeah, please. This I really like this one. It's called. It's short as well, which is good. It's called the Iliad. But <laughs> sorry. <laughs> No, it's called Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening by Robert Frost. Do you Ooh, know this? No. Right. Whose woods these are, I think I know. His house is in the village, though. He will not see me stopping here to watch his woods fill up with snow. My little horse must think it queer to stop without a farmhouse near, between the woods and frozen lake, the darkest evening of the year. He gives his harness bells a shake, to ask if there is some mistake. 
The only other sounds the sweep of easy wind and downy flake. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep, and miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before I sleep. Wow. That's, that was bloody brilliant. It's just great. I don't even know why. I just know that I really like it. Mm. Excellent. I like the part about the bells. Yeah, yeah, you can, oh, you can sort of hear them. Yes, I could hear them. Hear them with the the wind behind, just slightly muffled by the snow. Oh, Mm. I just, I really feel it when I see that. Reminds me of the poem Ozymandias, (laughs) which I'd like to share with you now. I mean, I'm up for it. We've got to fill the time somehow. Do you know what? Since we've done so many. (laughs) This is short as well. Do you know this one? By Percy Shelley? No, no. I met a traveller from an antique land who said, two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them on the sand, half sunk a shattered visage lies whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read which yet survive, stamped on these lifeless things, the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal these words appear, My name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair. Nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. <laughs> that was very good. It's a good poem. It's a good poem. Yeah. Just, just this feeling of like uh, people used to be here and they lived their whole lives and these things were so important to them. And someone spent all day drawing those pictures and thought that they were the only people who would ever live on those islands. And now they're just gone and we know almost nothing about them. And there's just some like runaway convicts that live there now. Um, wow, I wonder I, if we'll be cool. like that when, you know, the climate crisis destroys most of civilization and then well, in yeah. a thousand years they'll just find a fragment of the Statue of David. <laughs>